A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What, boys? This is the first time in quite some time that we've got a Sony conference and a Nintendo conference live stream, you might say, in the same day. You can say they're going up against each other, Scott, yeah. and I could ask you both who's going to win. Uh, oh, well, we'll talk this out. I want to get your initial mm. thoughts on the Nintendo, the Sony press conference stuff. By the time most people listen to this, Nintendo will have happened, but we're still going to cover it. We'll just see how right we are. And um, Breath of the Wild 2, obviously. New obviously. F- Super Nintendo Switch. I mean, that's clearly going to be there. 4K obviously. resolution. Keep but have you started? Yeah. You didn't introduce anything. I'm going to go into it, mate. This this is the podcast. Oh, James Dows, you've been off a few well, weeks. What's going on? Around this the is world. not Scott Stiles podcast. <laughs> James Dows looked terrified, though. All right, carry on, then. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you, don't, don't you worry about it. <laughs> I should also point out that we are joined, or I am joined, by Mr. James Dowd. Oh, hi, Who ran all the way to the office. He's yeah, very tired. I am very messy and sweaty. And Where did you go on holiday to? I went to Cyprus. You ran from Cyprus. God, <laughs> it's rough, man. That's he nuts. came back in the morning. Um, Queen. Also, How many shoes did you go through? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Josh Brown as well. <laughs> I almost got there to he is, yeah, doing nice. stuff. Sorry, I got so caught up in my own narrative. We've got many building. things going on in the office. We're trying to fit, fit a little podcast into the afternoon. We're very aware of the Nintendo Direct in yeah. about an hour's time by the time we're recording this. And we're squeezing a little podcast in. I think I said my name. If not, it's Scott Hill. This Scott. is the What Culture Gaming Podcast. And we just thought we'd do a big old news pod and uh, breakdowns of the various um, showcases that will be coming up. Like I said, the Nintendo one um, will be uh, will be out there by the time we get uh, by the time this goes live and everything, but we might be bang on. You never know. Yeah, so maybe. what do you guys want to see from Nintendo slash Sony at this point in the year, Mr. James Dows? Right. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid 4, <laughs> uh, Mario Odyssey 2, Mario Kart 9. Mario Odyssey 2. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Do you think that? Are they doing a direct sequel? Do you think they're doing a direct uh, sequel? What they'll do is they'll release a sequel and in 10 years time when it's the 45th anniversary, they'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll put it on sale for three more months. Exactly. And then cut it off. Yeah. Because uh, that's what they did with Galaxy 2 and they'll do the same again. Oh, but, maybe they put Galaxy 2 on the Switch for a month. They do that. It's though. Nintendo, isn't it? Yeah, it's just that's what they do. Quid for that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if you talked to Nintendo, if it was a person, they would just sort of do like the uh, the Pulp Fiction eyes, and then they <laughs> and would just scream and just face. move off to the side yeah, like yeah, a crab yeah. walk. Yeah, but yeah, but no, uh, yeah. So realistically, Breath of the Wild two has to be shown. You would think so. Uh, I think that might be about the best bit. See, show. I think we're going to go down the emulation route. I think they'll do the Game Boy Advance pack uh, for the Switch Online. I think they might do GameCube either as well, or they'll talk about it or something. Because we've got, I think we'll get the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD stuff. That's been talked about for so long. Uh-huh. Um, there's the Metroid Prime remake that apparently has just been sat there until Metroid Prime 4 is ready to be teased again. So I would hope that that's coming in 2023. And you do that by by just saying, hey, Metroid Prime remake is available right now and something like that. Um, but I think their big play is um, both bolstering Nintendo Switch Online because PlayStation Plus sucks and uh, <laughs> Game Pass is flying, so Nintendo should swing in there. I hate this narrative. Josh Brown hates PlayStation Plus. That's not true. It's the exact opposite of what you just said. What is this? Opposite day? PlayStation Plus Premium sucks. That extra money is not worth it. cannot have this argument again. I will have to... Can and will. (laughs) 
<laughs> Uno has just been added to the service. Oh, well, shut me up. Yeah, Uno and Wheel of Fortune. Tekken 2 and Uno. <laughs> Let me pay it's, you it £10 bad, more a month. Right, we'll get into this when we talk about the state of play. Uh, what were we talking about? Nintendo. Yes, and Nintendo. Well, whatever you want from either of these comments. With their online uh, offering. I would yes. like to see that as well. I did mm-hmm. see there were some rumors doing the round about those GameCube um, games being mm-hmm. added to the system. That would be awesome. I would love to see more Breath of the Wild 2. Do I think it's going to be delayed yet again? Mm. Yes, I probably do. <laughs> uh, but I would like to see some actual footage from that in, along with the other um, remasters mm-hmm. or ports or whatever you were mentioning as well of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. That yes. would also be cool if they nail those things. That would be sick, and Metroid would be the cherry on top of that. Go uh, on. If Breath of the Wild 2 is March, let's say, mm-hmm. why would they do Twilight Princess and Wind Waker six months prior? Only because it's the 35th anniversary. I think you just do something. Well, I That's guess it's I mean, 36 so if it's like years. a six-month gap between these two and then the next one, they might as well just mm-hmm. delay Breath of the Wild 2, haven't they? Until, like, but if you, you don't do that. it now, then you've got all the Breath of the Wild marketing and everything else, and then it's like you kind of cut mm-hmm. off all the Zelda search terms by throwing in. Yeah, that's true. I what think I'm, you just kind of remind people of Zelda at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is I don't think they were created as an apology, but it would be a pretty good <laughs> apology <laughs> to say, yeah. look, I'm so, like, we're sorry again. This mm-hmm. has taken way more time than we expected. We've had a slight internal delay, but mm-hmm. in the meantime... He's these two. He's these two for the holiday season. That would be cool. Yes, well, two the device of Zelda's. They did that with Skyward Sword, though, didn't they? Because they said, here it is. Yeah, Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out in six months time and now they're going to potentially do it again well there's nearly there's nearly always a zelda every two years whether it's a handheld one a remake yep. or whatever we had Link's awakening in 2019 you had skyward sword um, hd in 2021 so it would make sense that breath of the wild 2 is next year or it's like you said and they're weighing and doing wind wake and stuff it depends whether they class those uh switch up reses as like proper games in terms mm-hmm. of the two-year timeline thing um, but i feel like people have been waiting for breath of the wild 2 for so long um but i do i also stick by um just my personal fan theory that they will uh, reveal the next switch and that's what breath so. of the wild 2 is on and they do the next mario on that that's how you sell the new switch 4k breath of the wild sequel etc uh, etc et i must have said so many times in this podcast but that would be the thing that gets me the next Nintendo what would make console. you pick up your switch for the first time in a year <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's that josh breath of the wild 2 there you go oh, if you bought me for christmas splatoon 3 putting that out right let's do that i said that, that to him earlier <laughs> so that's <laughs> two <laughs> copies of yeah splatoon i'm, uh, I'm collecting for the uh, for the group if anyone else wants a copy of splatoon 3 you uh, let me know that game is that good that i'll get it into your hands 100 percent man i've really neglected the switch this year and i want to go back and play it no i don't even want to play sits and sleep on it i was going to say i want to play that game but i'm playing that on game pass i'm not even going to play the one game i thought i was going to play you want to play card shark mate it's right there i don't know man xenoblade i think it's very fascinating uh, for them to do this direct immediately after splatoon 3 because Mm. you would like to assume that means we're going to get you know brand new looks at brand new games that Mm. are coming out next year and maybe even this winter that's the exciting thing for me and hopefully they give me something Mm. that either makes me pick up the switch i have or buy a new switch that they hopefully just sit in there just sit in there it literally is bought it last christmas can't believe it played half an hour what other games other than breath of the wild 2 and uh, i guess that which they Mm -hmm. can promise will be shown like do they have anything else in the i think um they do bayonetta 3 and they just go hey by the way that's that's actually released yet no i know that's the thing right because everyone kind of thought and there was that whole quote from dude whose name i forget the head of platinum um, just saying, can people stop asking me about this? Yeah. He was like, when it arrives, it'll be a nice surprise, but stop asking me. And then there was a teaser trailer thing um, at the last Direct, which blew my mind that the last Nintendo Direct was uh, in February. Or maybe that was the last PlayStation Showcase. One of the two. It's, this year has just been an absolute blur. Either way, I feel like Bayonetta 3 is ready. Yeah, because um, they, yeah. they just did single individual videos, didn't they, for yeah. the last Direct? Did a little bits of gameplay and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of like the, this is how we round out the year. For me, I was saying this to uh, Dallas before we were recording. 
if I compare Xbox, Sony, uh, and Nintendo for this year, first party releases, for me, Nintendo are way ahead. Like, Horizon did very little for me, but, like, if I look to the Switch, it's, like, it's Pokemon, it's Kirby, it's Xenoblade, it's Triangle Strategy, it's Splatoon 3. Like, that is just a very nice little collection. Maybe they top that off uh, with Bayonetta 3. That would be nice. It's going it to make the end of the uh, year conversations about Game of the Year. And Splatoon which, better than God of War? I don't know. You're making outrageous claims. I might be. It depends if that game comes out this year. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming out, James <laughs> Dowd. Corey Barlog said it's definitely coming Bayonetta this year. Has more of a chance of not coming out than that game this <laughs> Yeah, I believe. Uh, that's an interesting take, Scott. Yep. Not one I I don't, I don't believe it, but, but I do like Splatoon 3. Yes. Well, yeah. that's good, man. And I'm, I'm pleased you've like come to really love that game. Squid Kids. It didn't uh, blow you away. If we're talking initially. about sequels of iteration, Splatoon 3 versus God of War Ragnarok, we will see. We will see. We will see. That yeah. comment might, might, might make for a good list. Maybe. Perhaps. Um, what's your yes. favorite Xbox game that came out this year? Well, what's my favorite Xbox game of the last 10 years, James? <laughs> it's, uh, there's, it's Both answers to those are Halo Infinite because there are very little other games to point to. Did any game come out this year at all? Uh, You've set me up and I'm going to hit a home run if you don't mind. Go do it. James Dowse, I've been playing this little <laughs> game called Immortality. Right. right. It's on uh, PC and it's on Xbox Game Pass. And it's right. my second favorite game of the year. Oh, I talked to Scott Telford about Tunic it was this on year, mate. Monday. You um, love a bit of Tunic? Yeah, yeah, but that's coming out to PlayStation at the, in December. True, true. Can you show me I can get you a little picture. Yeah. I'm going to quickly tell you about right. it because I talked about it at length on um, the Monday wind-up, which everyone should check out. But it's a FMV game by Sam Barlow who made Telling Lies and Her Story. And it's about an right. actress who went missing and you suddenly stumble across all of the footage that she made for three of her movies that didn't come out. And you're piecing together all the footage to figure out what the movies were about. And also, why she disappeared, what were her relationships... It's cool. It's on Game Pass. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by it. James Dallas' face is my face, which is, it's an FMV game, bro. <laughs> yeah, I can't, no. I don't. Did you hear about the FMV game? What was, um, have you seen The Office, The US Office? Yes. David Wallace. He was like the main <laughs> character in an FMV game that was released recently. And it was like murder mystery. That would get me in if Please you do a... find out what that is. That David was, Wallace FMV yeah. game. Yeah. There's a lot of Googling going on to this podcast, <laughs> I know, right? isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah, uh, David, what are you typing in? David Wallace game. David Wallace FMV game. I found <laughs> very little. Unless it's called Who Press Mute on Uncle Marcus. That's, one. that's it. That's oh, it. That's yeah, it. that's the guy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yes. Came out in March 2022. So that's my game of the year. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, <laughs> we're going to be coming to fisticuffs on this podcast soon, I think. Speaking of fisticuffs, um, which isn't really a segue, but we should talk about Sony stuff. Uh, mentioned God of War before. Um, this seems like it's shoe in. Although the really annoying thing with the Sony um, state of play, um, which will be on in a few hours after a lot of people listen to this, um, it's 11 p.m. in the UK, is that it's a 20-minute showcase, and they've confirmed that there'll be 10 games there. So that averages two, two minutes. minutes. Why? You're Sony. You can do an hour stream. What are you doing? I'm really tempering my expectations for this yes. because it was announced so last minute. Like you said, you got uh, t- 20 minutes to show off 10 games. Mm-hmm. We've got everything from PS5 games to PS4 games to PSVR 2 games. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff to get through. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think it's probably going to be more of a lead-in for the Tokyo Game Show than anything else. That's Maybe true. teasing a few things mm-hmm. or revealing a few things that are going to get a bigger blowout there. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking forward to it, of course, but you know, I think a lot of people were hoping for a proper PlayStation showcase. State of Play has a t- terrible track record 100%, as well. 100%, considering how long it's been since they've done one, and now we've got the State of Play, and hopefully this is kind of... Hopefully it either exceeds my mm-hmm. expectations or it's a nice teaser for eventual releases to come. What was your rebuttal to when I mentioned the first party stuff before? I think you were going to say something about Sony. I know you're a much bigger fan of Horizon Forbidden West than I. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go to task. Like, do you think they've had a decent year? Because I, I do. I was blown away that they hadn't done a state of play since February. Well, and I, you know, PlayStation have been in the news for the worst reasons across this year. Absolutely. I need to clarify this. You know, 
Sony PlayStation has had a good year in terms of games, in my mm. opinion. We've had uh, Horizon, we've had uh, we've got God of War upcoming, we've had Stray, we've had a uh, Gran Turismo. Yep. In my opinion, very good games. Uh, we've had the PlayStation Plus service, which, again, in my opinion, a very good service. I've got a lot out of that. However, when it comes to <laughs> Sony... I'm going to Tekken 2. <laughs> I have played a lot of Tekken 2. Uh. Anyway, the point is, uh, on the other half of that, we've got Sony's public presence, mm-hmm. which is kind of entirely separate to the games they've released at this point, where, in my opinion, they have dropped the ball. Mm. Why have they had pretty much zero communication about some of the biggest and most anticipated games of the year until the very last minute? Mm-hmm. Why haven't they done more showcases? Why haven't they had a bigger presence? Why, why is everything a blog post? Is, that's exactly what I was getting <laughs> to next. Why is everything a blog post? So it's kind of, I have a weird relationship with them at the moment, where I think... From the gaming perspective, they're doing well. Mm-hmm. From a PR perspective, I don't know what's going on. The uh, the Jim Ryan era continues to be sort of um, the signature thing is just money fo- money focused things. Like whether it's buying a mobile studio, whether it's raising the price of their games, whether it's refusing to refund people who got the special edition of Last of Us Part One that arrived damaged, things like that, where it's just very counting the pennies, um, which just doesn't feel it's it's the hubristic PS3 era Sony that a lot of us hate. You're going to say it's very telling that Go I on. forgot the Last of Us Part One, but I would also throw the Last <laughs> of Us Part One into the great games they've. Released this year. James Dallas is currently deciding whether to buy Last of Us Part 1 or Splatoon 3 yeah. with 70 English pounds. And now. And I chose neither. I uh, know. <laughs> but in terms of. Cyprus instead. <laughs> the, uh, the demons sitting on your shoulder, you're surrounded by us. I, I'm pro I'd Splatoon 3. I would 3. go for Splatoon because I played Last of Us. Well, you like new games, don't you? So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, exactly. why wouldn't you? Well, you say new games. I know. It's Did just, you not sell it to me as it's just two? But yeah, it is a little bit. It's all of three instead. It's a lot of Splatoon 2, but it's got, uh, the bucket's got three wedges in it now. Do you want to try bucket? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, well, good. the rifle's got a zoom on it, so don't you... Look at that. Don't you worry. Innovation. Yeah, and what does Last of Us have, Josh? It's got the best... Exactly. Well, it's got... <laughs> it's stuttering, you don't even know. It's, uh... You know what, you should just check out my review of The Last of Us oh, Part yeah. 1 if you want it's to know. It's got rain. I don't give this stuff out for free. <laughs> You go do your research. Um, speaking <laughs> of Sony stuff, though, um, there was a recent um, showing of Spider-Man 2 where apparently that game is exceeding expectations and we're apparently going to be getting footage of it soon. So whether they throw that in, I just wonder whether they do a 20-minute showcase, 10 different games, two minutes each. No, it won't be exactly two minutes, but they just rattle through a bunch of stuff. Here's some God of War gameplay. Here's some Wolverine gameplay, maybe. Here's, um, you know, Last of Us Factions, whatever. Um, and also, we're doing Tekken 3 on the PlayStation <laughs> Plus. Um, something like that. Do you think that'll be the case or do you think something will dominate for more of that show? that showtime. I think we're going to get some of the Sony Marvel game stuff mm. soon, purely because that was barely mentioned at mm-hmm. D23 the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, we had some reveals in terms of the games and stuff, but we didn't get significant updates on Spider-Man 2 or Wolverine, as far as I'm aware. True. And I assume that they're saving it for Sony's own conference, whether that's tonight's state of play or something in the future. And considering mm-hmm. those games are supposed to come out in 2023, we've got to see something from them. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since we've had mm-hmm. updates on those games. In in terms of Wolverine, we've only had that one teaser trailer where True. we've seen the claws. We don't know anything else Is about that. Is that definitely for 2023, Wolverine? That one, I don't think think is confirmed. Everything's correct, always like but, uh, vaguely TBA 2023, yeah. but yeah. it'll get well, pushed. Spider-Man is definitely Spider-Man. Spider-Man yes. is definitely the uh, Yeah, they could do a show on some Spidey stuff. Yeah. Um, there's an uh, insider, quote-unquote, called The Real Insider over on Twitter who um, managed to get a bit of credence recently because they'd accurately predicted, um, or leaked rather, the Assassin's Creed games that were recently um, officially confirmed by Ubisoft. Um, Assassin's Creed Red, Hexe, Jade, and Mirage. Um, and so people have gone back to that account who is also saying there's a Metal Gear Solid remake and that the new Silent Hill is going to be getting 
being um, shown off very soon. So what do you guys think of that? Would they just randomly, Sony just drop, hey, by the way, Metal Gear is being remade. They are on the shadow of the Tokyo Game Show. Konami, big presence there. Like, it would make sense. It just feels like this rumor's been doing the rounds for about as long as we've been alive. Totally. I mean, you know, in the State of Play blog post, they said that they'll be talking about a lot of their Japanese partners. Mm. And what are some of the biggest Japanese franchises that they're associated with? Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. and Silent Hill. If if it, I don't want to bet the house on it, because how long have we been, we been talking about these projects? In every state of play, we say they're going to happen. Mm. But with everything in mind, with this rumor, with what they're actually, uh, what they've actually promised, it could be time. Do you know what it actually will be? Go on. It'll be a fifteen-minute forespoken demo. <laughs> because they've just given that to loads of journalists. Not us, thanks, Sony. But they give it to a lot of people, and um, that game still needs to get a lot more goodwill clawed back. Yeah. I think it'll be that, because that's Square Enix, that they're way in bed with Square Enix. Final Fantasy 16 could maybe be shown too. Kingdom Hearts 4. Kingdom Hearts 4, they've got a whole bunch of Square Enix stuff that they could lean on. Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2, it's the 25th anniversary. That's either being kept for the TGS show or whatever. Um, maybe it's just that. Maybe they just, do you want some Forspoken? Because yeah. here's a trailer without a voice. You know what? It's probably going to be there. Isn't it? <laughs> Not 15 minutes of it, but they probably will show it off once again. However, James Dows. Would you play it just for the like the humor of it if the entire game was voiced like that trailer? James Dows, the day I watched that trailer was the day the patter died. So <laughs> yeah. The banter was surgically Ooh, removed. Yeah. No, man, I, I know. It's, it's become a meme, and I don't want to like uh, go in too hard on it because from the previews that I was reading from this recent event, like mm. the gameplay itself does seem quite solid. Um, it's just whether or not that's supported by an it does look like it plays or well or whatever. I think the solution, um, or at least what I'm going to do, is put uh, Japanese audio and just have it in subs, right. just have it in subtitles. And uh, even if it's cringely delivered, I can just be like, it's anime, whatever, like style uh, script. Did you I'm just going to have fun with it. I did not. Oh yes, I did for Sushima. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, just I think that might be the solution to a, a naff script, especially because it's all um, kind of fantastical anyway, and it is from Square Enix. So I can kind of just be like, this is just you guys doing another big budget Final Fantasy 15 type thing. Um, and put it in Japanese. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. And um, by the time we finish recording this, uh, the Nintendo conference is like, I don't know, like an hour away. And then PlayStation is later on, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I thought we should talk about various things happening in the industry overall, um, which is to say that Bonnie Ross has left 343 Industries. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, sadly, due to a medical issue, which which absolutely sucks. Like obviously, the hope that she's doing all right. That's uh, yeah. one of the worst reasons to leave a post kind of thing. But I just want to have a wider conversation about Halo. And it's not to dogpile on Bonnie Ross, obviously. Um, but I think it's worthwhile having a conversation about Halo in 2022 when it is interesting that it's been 10 years of 343. Like Halo 4 um, was 2012. And um, as much as they took over a little bit before then, I think it's worth just taking stock of where Halo's at. Like yeah. you talked before, we sort of had a little bit, a bit of a laugh of like, okay, what have Xbox had this year? Very little. Um, Halo Infinite has kind of just been dragged like since launch. And it's not that it doesn't play immaculately, but it hasn't been supported. And there's that weird thing doing the rounds where the game, they canceled split screen even after saying it would come to the game. And it's in the game, if you hack it, there's a weird like trick you can do to just play it. And it runs very well, um, but they've canceled it. So it's like this weird thing where... I like there's the version of the, the version they were trying to make, the version that's been cut apart. There's now a whole bunch of restructuring happening because Bonnie Ross has uh, left, um, who was the sort of head of um, Halo in, at uh, 343. And there's a whole bunch of other staff members being uh, plugged into those positions. James Dallas, you're a big Halo man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I mad respect for Bonnie Ross. Like yeah. She brought the, arguably she 
Did she not put 343 together after Bungie left? I remember her name being floated immediately, yeah. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it's because of her we right. still have Halo. I, um, I, like, I mean, sorry, not to like derail your like point, but I think it is, I don't mind, well, I really like the wider Halo 4 lore stuff. I like what they did. I know it's like blasphemous to some Halo people, but I like the wider universe stuff, the whole history of humanity and all the different um, warring factions and what happened with the um, the flood and everything. Like, I like how they blew the, the lore up like mm -hmm. way more. I know there was a lot of lore there, um, but I, I like that wider world stuff. Yeah, so she'll have been in charge of deciding that. That yeah. was how they went. Halo 4, in my opinion, was a great game, uh, but mm -hmm. every single launch that they have done since has been awful. Halo yeah. 5, terrible, um, launch-wise. Mm -hmm. Master Chief Collection, abysmal. An absolute an joke, really. Yeah, and like, Infinite yeah. is the exact same. Because um, did you ever, ever play Infinite? I think you were waiting to like, you know, for it to bring, pull itself together. Yeah, I jumped into the um, multiplayer, but then kind of dropped off quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Never was interested in the campaign, which mm -hmm. is kind of you know, sacrilegious to me, considering how much I enjoyed the previous That's a games. a weird campaign. Campaigns, but it's man. Halo, man. That's, That's like it, the yeah. main <laughs> franchise ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like, it's, like, the premier first-person shooter yeah. franchise until Call of Duty dethroned it or whatever, like, arguably. But it's, like, it's, like, a staple thing. It's, like, it is their Mario. Like, you think yeah. Xbox, you think Halo. There's a little mini Master Chief inside every Xbox Series S and X. And so it's, like, you need to do right by this IP, but they just, for whatever reason, haven't. Like, it's kind of fascinating that on the in a wider sense, like, the Phil Spencer level or the, the wider Xbox level, they almost gave us that version in 2020. Like, it was mm -hmm. um, pushed back for a year, like, two weeks before it was going to come out. And it's, like, how little, how hands-on for you like that yeah. you don't realize this isn't coming together i think the wider running of xbox is just fascinating having been there since the very beginning like for me like having the original xbox and everyone talking about it before it came out and everything to see the change over the years over the last 20 odd years it's just so crazy that they're in this position mm -hmm. do you think i've got a question for you both do, do you, you think and this is not just because uh, the franchise I'm about to name drop was made by Halo's previous creators. <laughs> do they Bungie, Bungie, do they Destiny Halo Infinite in terms of they've had an ambitious go at something, mm. they got a lot of stuff wrong, and instead of committing to the 10-year launch <laughs> that they initially envisioned, do they say, right, we're going to cut this shot, we're going to do a do-over, we're going to do Halo Infinite 2, and we're going to get it right in the same way that Destiny 2 got it right? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Are they able to do that? But they had six years between Halo 5 and Infinite. So is it going to be another six years? Yeah. Well, this is what I ask, right? Because Destiny 2 was turned around quite quick in comparison Mm. to the first game. Because now you would assume you've got the foundations there for Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. You just need everything else on top. Do they take the foundations that they have established with this game and then cut it loose because it has such a negative kind of like reception to it and then say, look... Sorry, we've got this new game now. This Sorry. is the proper one. Uh, yeah. Let's go. I think it's a laughing stock if they call it Infinite Two. Right. I think it's. I just don't. I, the whole point. I remember them sort of saying back when Halo Five came out that that would be the last numbered Halo, and that's yes. why they called it Halo Five Guardians. Yeah. Because um, they want to get away from numbers. You want to just Halo to just be a thing. Like you don't have to worry about like each individual installment of the story. And so where they are in Infinite, it's just it is so open ended. You can plug stuff in. It's it is weird because they just jump after the end of Halo Five. They just kind of sideswipe all the Cortana stuff. The wars happened by the time Chief wakes or whatever it's like yep. that's just done um so i don't know you can plug stories in there but i just i don't know how you revitalize halo i had a sinking feeling around infinite's launch and when we've done news videos on halo that have just tanked that the average younger gamer or the, maybe even the average gamer now doesn't care about halo yeah. anymore yeah. i think I that's think my default you might be right you know it, like you both have just said it very eloquently there in terms mm. of where halo stands you know in microsoft's canon and more importantly in the gaming canon as a whole like Gears of War isn't quite where it was, but it's managed to maintain its status more than Halo has, for yeah. instance. Because it was a, it was a polished product that had a like you know you could give it to someone and go play this. You can't really give Halo Infinite to anyone because like all of its live service stuff is like all over the place. The series of rewards that you get barely makes sense. There are some timed events, um, custom games is barely in there. Forge is in beta, like um, split screen. If you want to do it, you've got to hack the game. Like there's just it's all over the place. And um, we said that was before we were recording that it's like ten years of trending downwards. Like mm-hmm. you cited them. Um, examples before like master chief collection halo 5 whatever the master chief collection took like four years to get right like you couldn't match making that thing reliably for years 14 it came out Mm -hmm. earlier than 2019 is when they brought it to pc Mm -hmm. and that's when it was fixed five years and the weird ironic thing as well is that a lot of um a lot of people on the like halo reddit or whatever still play master chief collection because it did finally get there yeah Yeah. and it's like that has more uh match variety and customization options and whatever content story-wise especially i got to replay it but like than 
Halo Infinite. Like, it's just this weird... They're almost eating their own tail. The funny point. thing with Halo is whenever the next Halo comes out, Infinite will be good. Because <laughs> they always say that 5 was awful. Right. And now Infinite's come out, and now people want 5 to be a Master Chief collection. Mm. Which has always been the Halo cycle. When mm-hmm. 4 was out, it was rubbish. 5 come out, 4 is good again. <laughs> I think they've got a weird spot as well with Halo where um, a lot of the 343 stuff was steering entirely into esports. Like the presentation yeah. of 4 and especially 5 is like, here's your team, there's a team logo. And like, you know, it's, it's, it just felt like you were in an esports match, um, which can be fine enough. But I think they overestimated how much the average person cares about esports or wants their Halo packaged that way. And it was in Infinite where they ditched all that stuff and just sort of went, the mechanics are solid. It feels like old Halo, but it's sped up um, and making it so that you know, different um, power-ups are just scattered across the battlefield, so everyone's loadout is the start. That is, is, is the same at the start. Um, I loved all those moves they made. Everything they've done from the, um, the gameplay standpoint, I think it's the best playing Halo ever. Um, it just doesn't have anything going for it. And yeah. it's just, I kind of just can't believe that that's where they are. Like, yeah. you know. Ten maps, and it's been out a year. Yeah, and it's like, what was that, um, the Battle Royale thing they dropped in? Last Spartan last Standing? Spartan. Which is now gone again? And it's, it? Yeah, like this, that's been swapped out, or like I, that's the last I read it. I think they're out. relying on Forge. Because right. that means that the community makes the maps, mm-hmm. and then there's maps. I will say, I don't know about you guys, uh, algorithmically, but I've seen a lot of people sharing Forge maps on, yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah, on, on Twitter, just going like, just made this cyberpunk level, just made this um, Animal Crossing level, whatever, because um, the customization suite is so robust. And then going, oh my god, that's that's Halo. Like, that's yeah. kind of crazy that that's Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, that's maybe how you do it. I mean, it's free to play anyway if you're on, or it's free to play anyway, and you get the campaign if you're on Game Pass. But you're seeing those tweets or whatever, mm. and the Forge isn't even out yet. No. So everyone who's like, oh, this is cool. I want to try it. No, <laughs> you ain't trying it. Go get on the Insiders program yeah, exactly. and see if they let you in. Um, well, yeah. I think Master Chief Collection, um, the person who fixed that, I was in charge of fixing that, he's now in charge of 343. Oh, is it that Pierre? What's it, what is that, it Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. I trust it now right. a lot more than I did prior. I think it's interesting as well in terms of like how much do you need to nail a launch in the modern day, like in, the, in a world of patches and upgrades and stuff, hence Cyberpunk, No Man's Sky, whatever. And I know there was a lot of comparisons to No Man's Sky with Halo Infinite. I don't think it's the same because the team sizes are so different and the stature around Halo is so different to an indie game that was trying something like No Man's Sky. But I mean, I guess like with you, Josh, like you've not played as much Halo as we have. Would it, does this ever get you back in or does it just feel like it's done? You know how Netflix uh, originals <laughs> come out with very little fanfare and yet can still be quite successful. Mm. You know, the Grey Man made for $200 million. Shout out to the Adam Project. Uh, the Adam Project Love gets it. a lot of viewers, but then nobody talks about it afterwards. Mm. To me, Halo Infinite mm. has become content in that way. When it came out, it didn't feel like an event. Mm. None of the updates since have felt eventful in terms of being zeitgeist grabbing uh, you know, updates and content updates. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel any pull to play it right now. I feel like Halo Infinite, in whatever form it's currently taking, will be there when I decide to get to it. And I don't like that Halo occupies that space. Halo should be a thing that mm. says and demands to be played right now because it's come out and you yeah. need to talk about this. Whereas I'm like, I, I, I'll get to you when you get to you. You're on, you're on the pile with the rest of the games, with the rest of the content. I yeah. feel like the most positive uh, Halo-based thing of the last like couple of years, and it wasn't even a good show, was the Halo <laughs> TV you show. say that show? No, but my point is that like that was talked about positively. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The viewer numbers were way higher than any of us thought it would be. And like that was the conversation around Halo was people going like, ah, it's not too bad. Like If you are like if you just want some Expanse-style, easy-access sci-fi, not that Expanse is easy-access, but it is in season one. Um, you can go to that and just enjoy some Halo. And like we did, we bounced off it quite considerably. But um, it was fine. It's better than the new Lord of the Rings. I'd had more fun with Halo than I did with that. Um, but I think that even when they did that, for as much you know cultural cachet as they had around the TV show, they didn't package that with the game. It's not like you could have a, a skin of the new um, you know version of John that they were doing or anything. 
I just feel like overall it's just so mismanaged. Like it's just like you said, Josh. It's just kind of there if you want it. Yeah. Um, which is just a hell of a thing. Um, we should talk about Ubisoft raising their game prices. Um, the recent feather ruffler that's been doing the rounds as of yesterday, uh, Tuesday. Um, which is that they want all their games to be seventy pounds slash seventy dollars. And they say that's what the competition are doing. Um, obviously citing the likes of EA, Two K, and even PlayStation. Um, my default with this is that their games are not polished to the degree that you would expect for a seventy dollar product. Um, which is also the case with 2K and everyone else, but at least on PlayStation side, they're not bugging out. What I love about this, genuinely, <laughs> is that they have obviously, you have to, have observed the conversations around The Last of Us Part 1 and mm. just how much the $70 price point has been a sticking point for people. They've looked at that, they've looked at the discussion, they've seen the backlash and gone, I will have a bit of that. Yeah, might as well. That sounds like a good <laughs> idea to me. Like, I'm sure it does from a brass tax numbers perspective make certain sense, but I don't understand how following 2K and following PlayStation's lead with that price point makes sense. In the current state that Ubisoft is in, think of how many games they have canceled. Think of how many (laughs) uh, games they've released that nobody cared about. Think about their push into NFTs. Think about the allegations going on behind the scenes with their workplace culture. In my opinion, they are not in the position to suddenly say, yeah, our games are worth an extra tenner. There's more money for this, guys. Yeah, 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 no way. I wonder if they look at, because um, I've not seen that much about The Last of Us Part 1 sales. I know it dropped down the Amazon rankings on the initial release window and every release date and everything. But I wonder if 10 more dollars, 10 more pounds on the unit costs, uh, the, the unit price, just makes up for the drop in sales overall, like on mass, whether that just means more. Um, to the number crunches, like because that's the only way this makes sense. I do think you know they said they were going to be flexible. We mm. know that um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which started out as a uh, expansion pack and now is a full release, we mm. know that's going to be fifty dollars, and they yeah. said they're only going to price certain things at seventy. For me, that's going to be the mainline Assassin's Creed games because I don't think an extra tenner is going to put that many people off Assassin's Creed because that's such a huge franchise, <laughs> and if even if people like you know us in this room say that it's going downhill or whatever, or has been with Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Valhalla was still like, you know, like the best selling one. Blew Honestly, up, yeah. Completely blew up. Like those games sell regardless. I think they're doing kind of what Call of Duty did 10 years ago, going, right. this is our premier franchise. People are going to buy it regardless. Let's edge that price This up. is a really good segue because um, they mentioned at the Ubisoft Forward um, just the other day that um, they confirmed Assassin's Creed Infinity for the second time, like it was confirmed on Twitter, but this is when they talked about it a bit more. They still haven't really nailed down what it is. Like we were saying before recording, like what exactly is this? Is this like a launcher? Is this like an app thing? Um, Assassin's Creed Infinity is just their term for this connective tissue between um, the also announced games, Assassin's Creed Red and Assassin's Creed Hexe, which is the Japanese game and the game that's set inside the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, and which seems to be about witches and witch trials and stuff. Um, and it seems to be some way for those games to talk to each other, whether that's um, like the Halo, was it Halo Insider or Waypoint or whatever that they had? Oh, right, yeah. Kind of like that, where it's yeah. like a weird little computer app thing that you can go on. So it'll be like Mario around? 64, like that would be the castle and you go through the, paint, <laughs> go through the paintings. Well, I thought that, yeah, yeah maybe. Origin. Did you see the interview that they Not did castle, after but. they announced this? Because I was reading it, trying to like look at the executives trying to pass how they sell Infinite. And like the interviewer was saying, you know, so is it its own game? And they were like, well, no, it's just kind of like a hub where we're going to plug things into. And they were like, but can we access it outside of the games? And they were like, maybe. So I'm like, it's going to be This is like when they tried to explain NFTs. Yeah, totally. No one knew what it was. (laughs) No, it it seems like you can buy the game separate. You can buy Red and Hexy separate. Mm -hmm. But they said in the interview, the first thing you'll see is the hub for Infinity. So you'll be able to see the content in the games that you're missing. You know, you'll be able to see that 
Hexi is out oh, okay. and it's seventy dollars over here. You can just walk over right. and press the button and then you unlock it. It's the Call of Duty launcher. Totally. Which yeah. is the worst thing about yeah. accessing anything from Call of Duty. It's PlayStation Home uh, yeah. by way of Call of Duty launcher. It's a Windows Phone UI, yeah. like a bunch of tiles. This is what PC have been doing for years with all their launches. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, I guess like they, they want to have this Assassin's Creed Infinity thing, which I, you would think that would let them make smaller stories and plug them in. Because Mirage, like um Josh said, started as Valhalla DLC and now it's gonna be a standalone thing. Um, but then Red is the next big main game that they've said it's from the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team. And then um, Hexa is like a whole other thing. And then Jade is like a mobile game. But like in terms of what Red is, do you, you just plug, quote unquote, you plug in this other main game into whatever Infinity is. I just wonder if it's Ubisoft Plus. Like it's just a, a version of that where it's like, well, you killed this guy in this game, so you unlock this costume in this game. And you just stay in that bubble. That's what, where they want to keep you. <sighs> Correct me if I'm being misinformed, people mm-hmm. who are listening to this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure from the interview that I saw, they mentioned that that Infinity was going to be like uh, the modern day story, right? And I think that they said Red wasn't going to continue that much. I was going to say that they're cutting out the modern day stuff. Totally, yeah. but, uh, because that's tied to Infinity now. Like that's like where that's happening. Mm. And in, in the interview, they were saying, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to do more of that within Infinity itself. Mm. And we'll also be able to plug in, you know, potentially free uh, campaigns that you don't need to pay for and stuff. So it sounds like there's a real flexible um pricing model and it does seem ambitious mm. but will they follow through in it i'm not sure i wonder if they're doing what they tried to do in black flag where you the player were in the future yeah. or, the, or the present you weren't yeah. in the past and you're walking through the abstergo industries office and because they've shown the launcher quote unquote at the ubisoft uh, forward where they had like a, it looked like an animus screen and then they were like we were picking different stuff or you're going into different games if they make it so that we are the user of the animus and then their live service stuff is that they give you rewards that reveal what the templars did or whatever and you just you can just read them there's optional text prompts kind of like the Layla Hassan stuff in Odyssey um, or Valhalla or whatever where you're just it's as optional as you want if you just want to have a historical romp you can like maybe that's how they do it's it it's crazy theory which <laughs> won't be true which won't happen you never know the only way that this could work is if it was all done via the cloud because <laughs> storage wise how are you going to have every Assassin's Creed there like if you want to be in this hub world and you want to go to one uh, two or Brotherhood or wherever you want to go mm-hmm. You can't have all of those on one storage device. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's going to be like embracing the streaming future. The only way this can work is streaming them. Maybe. I mean, then they start charging a separate monthly thing for the Ubisoft hey, Game Pass service. Saying, Scott. I wouldn't put it past them. I think that um, if Stadia had taken off, then uh, something like that would have uh, made more sense. But yeah, they're clearly trying something which I'm not going to call it ambitious yet because they don't seem to be able to nail it down. But um, I guess I like the idea of like a big Animus Hub thing with different stories. But I, uh. I would back ambitious just because yeah. of what they've announced so far. Right. I'm not saying ambitious is good, by the way. Right. I'm just saying it is ambitious considering we've got Mirage, we've got... In those two big Assassin's Creed games, yeah. and then we've got Jade underneath them all. Like, that's four Assassin's Creed Did games. Did it not give you Todd Howard you know? vibes, though? You know, when Todd Howard was like, well, we're doing Elder Scrolls 6, and then we've got Fallout 5 after that, so I can't think until 2028, to be honest. Yes and no. <laughs> yes, obviously, because of the rate in which we've had these announcements, but no, because they seem like they've got firmer release dates. Like, mm. we know we've got Mirage next year, we know Red's penciled in for the year for that, and then presumably Hex is 2025. They've got so many studios working on all of these games that that roadmap does seem feasible considering yeah. just how many people work on Assassin's Creed as a massive franchise. They were talking about Ubisoft, uh, I think it's Sophia, mm. uh, and what they could potentially do. And I'm like, you have the teams to make this uh, happen, mm. but 
whether you have the teams to make this good is an yeah. entirely different question. Yeah, and whatever other things come along that they want to chase, like they chased the NFT thing, it didn't go anywhere. They've just kind of slowly moved that away again. And it's like whatever other ideas come up in the industry that they want to chase down, like subscription models or... Because, um, I mean, that was the whole thing. You've kind of got EA Play. You've got little supplementary catalogs that plug into Game Pass and stuff like that. Um, and I wonder whether they chase that, like you said, Dallas, if they make a Assassin's Creed subscription service. Like GTA Plus is always trending on the search bar when you go on PlayStation. It's like, who's buying GTA Plus just to get some extra GTA Online bucks? Um, but yeah, closing thoughts on Assassin's Creed stuff. Are you guys excited about Assassin's Creed? Oh. It's very business-like at this I stage. I will let you answer that, Josh. Um, <laughs> I mentioned to Scott before we started recording that Assassin's Creed to me is like Schrodinger's franchise where mm. it does and does not exist at the same time. And I only <laughs> I only can feel something for it mm. when I'm actually playing the game. So I look at the trailers and I think, you know, conceptually, a weird Blair Witchy style Assassin's Creed sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a Japanese sets uh, Assassin's Creed game sounds good. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be more Assassin's Creed Valhalla style gameplay... I'm not there for it. You, this, this is a franchise that always takes interesting and unique settings and concepts and ideas mm-hmm. and then homogenizes them into the most boilerplate <laughs> uh, set of gameplay mechanics in the realm. So I'll nice. need, I'll only be able to feel something when it's right in front of me, I'm afraid. Yeah, I would like them to, because the thing that put me off Valhalla, it's not that I didn't play well enough, but I was like, it's a Viking. It's not an assassin. It's the most opposite thing you could have yeah. put this on. Um, I don't buy the guy using a hidden blade. That's just dumb. I would rather they fleshed out what Assassin's Creed can be, um, maybe different ways that the um, the Assassin's, the actual literal creed that's mentioned in Assassin's Creed 1 is misinterpreted or something, and you play it. Like what they did with Rogue, where it's like, you should play as a villain for a bit. It's like, stuff like that would be cool. Then you can have your action games. Maybe you do a shooter if you really want to. And it's like, they're trying to stick to the tenets of the franchise, and you make it a little meta thing about what it's like to deviate and things like that. Um, that the would one be cool. that always interested me the most was Syndicate. Syndicate's so really good. good because, yeah. Oh my god! And I'm not just being like biased because it's our country, but like I love the setting. Yeah, right. I just thought it was very cool. Do you know what? My mind went to 2013 Syndicate. Don't know why. I just thought of a futuristic oh, style yeah, game called Syndicate. That's yeah. so good. I take it back. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. It's all right. Both yeah. those games underrated. I think. <laughs> but you're right, James. Yeah. And you've whoa. It's so weird to call you just by your first yeah, name, I don't, James. He's laying it down. Who's huh? James. I don't, <laughs> James. <laughs> It's so weird, James Douse, uh, you mentioned that, because one of my biggest gripes with modern Assassin's Creed is that you have, in many cases, a great setting and a great character, and they get one game and done, maybe some DLC. You know, one of the things that excited me from the presentation and the subsequent interviews was that they were talking about, now they have this live service thing, the potential to bring back all the characters and all the settings, to see Cassandra again, to see, you know, Victorian England come back for a new game, because... Evie was great, like Jacob and Evie, but I really liked Evie. 100%, man. And for as bad as, or as guesses wrote, as some of the <laughs> older releases got, like Brotherhood and Revelations, because they were so frequent, mm-hmm. what I did like is that they gave you a time period, and then you got to see it from a bunch of different angles. Whereas now we get this lushly created uh, setting with each game, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like over. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like Ezio, uh, that, like the Ezio stuff, the Ezio trilogy is talked about in Assassin's Creed fandom. Like when he met Altier, quote unquote, the end of um, Revelations and everything. It's like they made those story moments. That's why they lasted longer than everything that came after. That's why Origins was such a return to form because it had a really good character in Bayek. What but, would yeah. you do? Yeah, I just had a stroke. What would you do <laughs> if in this hub world, right? Yes. Uh, 
SEO's walking around, all these like assassins that you've Oh, he's Fortnite in it. He's Fortnite. Walking around, they're all flossing oh, yeah. and dabbing and stuff. And then, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, that's how it works. You just like shake Ezio's hand and play his games. I think, Jim. I don't know Douse. what I'm about here. I mean, the podcast yeah, stuff. You shake his hands, you play his games. I'm, I'm kind of up for that. Yeah, Goku shoot, shows up, oh, Sarah shoot. Connor. Yeah, no, just. Uh, <laughs> You know that in. sounds cool. I do not think it sounds cool. Why not give it a crossover with Terminator Dark Fate while we're on? Wow. Genuinely, word for Everything. word, we've just replicated an Ubisoft business meeting. This is exactly <laughs> how that went down. Um, but yes, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by James Dows. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and Josh Brown. Always a pleasure with you, Scott, and you, James. James. Always yep. a pleasure to be heard by all of you. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.